All right, Crowley, great job with that interview. This is Season 2. It's Episode 79, the Cubs' best month of the season. You're listening to the Fly the W podcast. And, Crowley, this time of year we always get to the anniversary of the Bartman game, a game that uh, you and I and all Cub fans remember greatly. And we've actually reached one of the uh, milestone anniversaries, if you will. Yep. On Saturday was the 20th anniversary of the Bartman game, or what I'm hoping in the future is called the Alex Gonzalez game. Um, <laughs> that I'll tell you, Dustin, Whatever for the people, happened to that guy, whatever happened to him? <laughs> well, luckily he was able to, 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 to avoid all the stuff that poor Bartman doesn't. Nobody's dressing like Alex Gonzalez sitting like home behind home plate, like they were in Colorado. But, um, you know, Dustin, it, 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 we were talking, you know, before just how it, it feels like yesterday, but at the same time, like ancient history, when you think about it, um, I actually, for those of people that are subscribed to the scores, YouTube page, you can, you can follow the scores, YouTube page and watch us, uh, on the, on the score. But I actually have, these are the tickets from that game, that game, uh, game six, uh, for, for younger listeners out there, I'm sure you've heard the story. I mean, the Cubs went up three to one against the Florida Marlins and you had two of the best starters in baseball at home, game six, game seven in, um, you know, Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor was just doing Mark Pryor things. He was rolling and, you know, Dustin, it was weird. I remember just like the festival atmosphere outside Wrigley that day. And, and it was it was weird. It was kind of bizarre, man. There was people dressed up as Santa Claus. There was there was a tap dancer. I remember on a box. It was just like a carnival out there. It's ridiculous, and uh, you know the amount of people out in the um, Waveland and Sheffield was unbelievable. So I'm people just wanted this- to be there when when they might actually clinch this thing, huh? Right. They all just wanted to be there when they clinched there. And I'm there and I'm definitely, you know, I'm excited, but it was like a very confident, nervous, wasn't as nervous as I normally am for these playoff games. Cause I had seen what Pryor had done. I was at Pryor's debut. I had been watching them all 20, 2002, 2003. And you know, when the Cubs go up three, nothing, and he's just cruising, I mean, they're not even close to him. I remember sitting in the back of my head and I'm like, okay, I know where my vendor is. I want to be like one of the first people that gets like a, you know, a, a NL pennant winning shirt. And I, I like already was kind of starting in my head, like getting excited as we got into the seventh inning and we get into the stretch. And I don't know if people remember this. It was Bernie Mack um, who was leading the stretch, a uh, Chicago comedian who's passed away since then. And the wind bizarre thing is, you know, they always say root, root, root for the Cubbies. But um he said, root, root, root for the champs. Champs is what he said twice. Oh, boy. And everyone was kind of like, eh, let's not do that just yet. That's kind of like taking your W flag out early. And so you get to the eighth inning, and, you know, I just remember, you know, my seats weren't where they are now. They were more kind of towards home plate but further up, okay? So I wasn't. if I was in my seats now, I would have been directly above where the play happens. Foul ball off the bat of Mordecai, I want to say, and and uh, or more was it Mordecai, Mordini, Mordini. Either way, pop fly off the end of his bat, and I what I see from my vantage point is all of a sudden, uh, you know, a lose going nuts. He's literally throwing his 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 glove on the ground and he's he's pointing up into the stands, 
and and he wanted interference called. And I always laughed because the, the thing about Alou is he was not a good fielder. And I never saw him ever once in the, the entire couple of years he was at Wrigley. Never did I see him go towards that close to the wall. One, oh, the only thing is he kept his chew back by the um, – by the little like uh, inside in between the padding, that's where he would keep his tobacco. And he would literally, that's right, he never would go out there. The fact that he went over there the one time and uh, I just, so what I remember more than anything is the play doesn't get made. Everyone's like, Oh, but not everybody realizes exactly what happened, especially where we are on the, on the third base side. And there weren't any video boards then. No video so, boards. Okay? No video and, replay. No. And the Cubs are up three, nothing. And it's still the top of the seventh. You got one guy on and you got one out. And all of a sudden a ball gets hit to Alex Gonzalez and he was so surefired and, and he, he botches an ending, ending double play. Okay. Well, the worst part but was he didn't even get the force out, right? He didn't nothing. even get the force out at second. Nothing. He got nothing on that. Nothing. nothing. That was, that was the biggest problem. At least if he would have gotten the force out, maybe. Right. But instead they get nothing. Nothing. So yeah, it, it was a mess. Uh, you know, and now you got two men on and, and, and the next thing I, the, the thing that I end up remembering is all of a sudden they just, you know, I remember prior just not looking uh, like, just like that. It was like prior disappeared. It was like a ghost of, of, of a, of a man. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened. And then they called in Kyle Farnsworth. And, and the next thing you know, the Cubs are down eight, three, they were up three, nothing to start the inning. And the thing I remember more than anything is that there were no jumbotrons, but if our listeners remember, behind you if you look behind you underneath the concourse yeah, they have little, little box TVs. Yeah. tvs and in these box tvs you, you all of a sudden you're starting to realize what happened during the inning right so like as the inning's going on and it's not ending and the pitching change and all that stuff is that everybody's watching the box tv and they're like who's that guy why what, what is he doing and, and and i used to have a friend of mine that sat a couple rows above me that would have headphones on all the time, listening at that time to the other Pat and Ron, Pat and Ron Santo. Um, Ron wasn't, I don't think he was, I don't think Ron was calling those games. He was sick. I think uh, Steve Stone was on the, on the radio call with uh, Pat, Pat Hughes. Really? And, um, huh? really? really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Because, um, because they didn't have the TV. So Stoney was out of the TV cause it was national. Okay. Yeah, national Stoney was with Pat. I Santo might've been in there, but I know for sure it was Pat and stone wow. and uh, you know, and, and I had a buddy listening on the headphones and they're all telling me some guy interfered with the ball. And the more people got upset and as more as that inning dragged on, that's when people got pissed at, at Bartman. And that's when things just kind of got out of hand. And, and I remember people ch chanting the a-hole uh, from the, from the, from the streets. You could hear it, and it was just, they were all pointing and, and shouting, you know, asshole, and the whole time. And, and all of a sudden, right. it just it got out of hand really bad. And, I, and there's a famous story: Michael Jordan's at the game. He had kind of become friends with that group and all that stuff. And he said, "I don't want to go out there." He's like, "They look like a bunch of zombies out there after the game." And and I can tell you, in all honesty, I was one of those zombies, just like wandering around, stunned. And um, obviously now in hindsight, we know it was nothing to do with Bartman. We all would have done the same thing, but it, it was a mob mentality that took over Wrigley field. And, and unfortunately, you know, you know, if, if the Cubs win game seven, you know, all he would have been forgiven. Just, yeah. All, all forgiven, forgiven. Not everybody a problem. Forgets, everybody forgets. Yep. Right. And, 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 and it doesn't happen. And, and it, it really was just so crushing. And, uh, 
it was a night that I, that I'll never forget. Probably one of the worst one of the worst moments of my life at Wrigley. Oh, Field. What was it Easy. like walking out of walking out of there that night? You just it felt like you got punched in the face, like yeah. like like you got blindsided. Like it was it was imagine like the highest high going to the lowest low. Like we literally people were, and I never heard this ever in my life where they were they were chanting six more outs, six more outs. And then they get the first one in, in the in the eighth inning, and it's five more outs. And I remember, and, and the more they were chanting, I wasn't chanting that, but I was definitely getting excited. And like I said, like in my head, you know, how am I going to scramble? Like I want to watch them celebrate, but I want to make sure I get a shirt before they sell out and a hat, and I'm all jacked up. And then the next thing you know, you, you lost. And it was like we were so – I mean, five outs, Dustin. Three-nothing lead, your best pitcher. It was uh, – my, like my wife was in tears. Yep, my wife was my wife was in absolute tears. And I and, and again, I was the thing I was getting angry at and, and, and to this day I felt like Dusty mismanaged a lot there. Um I'll never forgive Dusty for for a lot of the things that happened that that day and the next couple of weeks. But you know, I'm waiting for somebody to go even after the after the air, after the double after the Alex Gonzalez air, I'm waiting for Dusty or Larry Rothschild go out, have a meeting in the mound, chill everybody out. And like nothing's happening, and I'm you. You kind of you were feeling a momentum shift, and I was like, "What is going on here?" So, it is, so I mean, is today Crowley? Then is today the anniversary of Game Seven? No, Game Seven would have been Sunday because it was boom, boom. Oh, boom, boom. Okay. Yeah, it was you, Game. Were you, game were, you at, were you at Game Seven? Yeah, I was at Game Seven, and it was Kerry Wood and Mark Redman. And the thing I remember about that is that neither pitcher really had it. Both of them looked bad. And what ends up happening is, 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 you know, you know, Cubs get out early and then the Marlins come back and take the lead. And then Kerry Wood hits a home run and the place is one of the very few times that I've ever felt Wrigley shake. I felt Wrigley shake about five or six times in my life. That was one of them, how loud it was in that when he hit that home run. But the thing, and again, this goes back to my hatred towards Dusty, is that I'm taking a look at the bullpens because the bullpens are still out there. And what I'm taking a look at is, you know, Dusty's going to his tried and true bullpen, which was the weakest part of that team. He's going with Dave Veers, and I'm looking at the other bullpen, and Jack McKeenan's got uh, Josh Beckett up. He's yep. he's he's going for the he's going for the kill. He's not going to give it to some, you know, middling bullpen arm like Dusty did. So I'll never. Forget that, and I doubt I'll ever forgive Dusty for, like I said, just a lot of things. And, you know, it was never his fault. He never took any blame for anything. And even – so I, I have that Bartman photograph. I have it um, I have it signed, that picture, uh, signed by uh, Alou, Mark Pryor, and Dusty Baker. And Dusty was the last guy to sign it. And he sat there, and I said, hey, Dusty, you mind signing this? You know, because I didn't know how you'd react to it or nothing. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, you guys really gave him a hard time. And I'm like, you, you were there too, man. I remember the post game. You were, you were talking. Th- Don't pretend like it was all on us, man. You were just as responsible. And he now, you know, his, 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 he don't remember it that way, but I, I clearly remember him talking about it in the post game about Bartman and stuff like that. And he wasn't saying, Oh, the kid had nothing to do with it. No, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not remembering it right, but I, I can tell you, I got a pretty darn good memory when it comes to that kind of stuff. And, and so I'm like, yeah, dude, no, no, you, you, you had plenty to do with that dusty. So yeah, is what it is. Yeah. That's uh that's unfortunate. Yeah. It was a bad, uh, it was definitely a bad, uh, bad, bad time right there. 
I will tell you, and... I, I, I did have, I, I, I had nightmares of, of the silence and the thing you never forget. And I've seen it too many times, but probably I saw it four times, four times where I saw it. Wait, no, actually more than that. I'm sorry. Five times. I've seen teams celebrate on the field to end the season. But in 2003, when the Marlins came pouring out of the dugout, game seven, the silence in Wrigley Field was so much that I could hear the Marlins celebrating on the field from the 400 level, like 400 row 12. I could hear them literally screaming and yelling. That's how silent it was. And that silence haunted me until the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. Wow. Really? Yeah. Huh. It really did. That's, uh, that's, that's wild. <laughs> Yeah, that you know, absolutely. That's absolutely wow. That's that's a good. That's those are good memories, Carly. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing those. No, I'm serious. I mean, and being there makes it you know different. I mean, we all have a story about who we were with and being out at a bar and all and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, very yeah, yeah, I, very cool. All right, so we've made it, Carly. We've got to the. Uh, we were at the final four of baseball. The last time we were together, we were still missing the fourth piece. But uh, I think both you and I were believing in Philly. I think you had the Braves winning the game four and forcing a game five. But I think we both thought Philly would advance and they did indeed advance. I, I stuck with my pick. I thought the Braves were going to be able to turn it around and beat the Phillies. But for the second season in a row, the Phillies knock out the Braves. They win three to one. Ranger Suarez took the mound for the Phillies while Cy Young candidate Spencer Strider took the mound for uh, Atlanta. It was a good pitcher's duel, but Austin Riley gave the Braves a one nothing lead on a solo home run in the fourth. That did not last long as former Cub Nick Castellanos homered in the bottom of the inning to tie it at one. Trey Turner would add a solo home run in the fifth to make it two to one. And then one more Nick Castellanos solo blast in the sixth would make it three to one. Atlanta's powerhouse offense did nothing and their season was over. You know, Dustin, after the game, Ronald Acuna didn't have much to say to the press. He didn't speak to reporters, just grabbed his bags and said, I have to go to the bus. Dustin, do you think the bus was going to leave without Ronald Acuna? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think they were going to leave without uh, Ronald Acuna. No. Mm -mm. no you know what? They, you, know, you know, Dustin, though, here's the thing that bothers me, man, is I understand that he was emotional about it. He was obviously disappointed when the Braves won the World Series. He wasn't really part of that team because of injuries. Right. Mm -hmm. And this was his season, the, 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 what was it? 50, 70 club and all that stuff. Or is it 40, 70, 40, 70? I, I want to say 47, whatever, yeah. 40, you 70. know, you sit there and you take a look at it and, and you had time to do a montage video and you had time to raise the base, but then you couldn't talk to the beat writers and, and the reporters after the game's over. You just run to the bus and hide. Uh, we were talking to Paul Sullivan the other day about um, the Brant Brown, Seiya Suzuki comparisons and you know what? Both of those guys sat there and and under the worst possible situation uh, took the heat and sat there answering questions. Say it doesn't even speak English, okay? And he sat there and he answered with the interpreter the entire time after being devastated. And, 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 and you know, it wasn't Ronald Acuna's fault. There wasn't one thing Ronald Acuna did that caused him to lose. I thought that was a coward move to have your teammates sit there and have to answer all the questions, especially while you're running away. Absolutely. I couldn't probably, you and I agree on a lot of things. I could, I think this is probably something I could not agree with you more. Right. It is. It, it's, you gotta it, face the music, man. So the Diamondbacks now know their opponent, but on Sunday we got our first world series game as the Texas Rangers headed to Houston to take on 
that aforementioned Dusty Baker and the Strohs. If you were a Rangers fan, you had a lot to be nervous about. Texas has gone 8-32 and 32 since 2019 at Minute Maid Park. But if they were nervous, the Rangers didn't show it. Great pitching matchup with future Hall of Famer Justin Verlander on the mound versus former Cardinal Jordan Montgomery. Verlander was able to go 6.2 innings, gave up six hits and two runs, which you think would be good enough. But Jordan Montgomery was just a little bit better going 6.1 innings, give up five hits and no runs. Rookie center fielder Evan, or I'm sorry, left fielder Evan Carter hit a double that deflected off first baseman uh, Jose Abreu, and that kid just kept motoring to second. He would come around to score on a Jonah Helm RBI single to make it one nothing. Leody Taveras hit a solo home run in the top of the fifth to make it two nothing, and that was it for the scoring in the game. The Astros did try to tie it up in the eighth when Jose Altuve drew a leadoff walk. Bruce Bochy goes to former World Series champion Araldis Chapman. And Alex Bregman greeted him with him with what looked like a home run. It looked like at least extra bases. But again, Evan Carter makes a fantastic catch, throws it to second. Altuve was rounding second. He goes back to first, and the Rangers tag second, and then they challenge the call, which was safe. Yep. They go back on replay. Altuve's legs got a little tangled up, and he misses the base. The call's overturned on the field. That's the old 7-6-3 double play. Threat was over, and Rangers take game one. Dustin, that was, a, you know, the, that that was, again, just one of those wild postseason plays. And the Rangers, probably like, right, and the Rangers, probably they're 6-0 right now in the postseason. 6-0. 6-0. It's, haven't been it's, touched yet. Right. It's what and I it's said, man. They're hot. And it's not always blowouts. They have been playing, they have been playing playoff baseball for a, a good month now. And I think that's kind of why that they're like this. Not that the not that the Astros weren't. The Astros were playing important games too down the stretch. They they needed the weekend in Arizona to get themselves in as well. But uh yeah, it, it's uh the Rangers are in really good form and uh I'm really excited about uh the uh Phillies and D backs later on tonight. Now, we, we, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but again, we did not have the actual, um, you know, we didn't have exactly who was going to be playing. Are you, you're, you're still sticking them with the Phillies to yeah, be the Rangers? I, I, yeah, they'll be the Diamondbacks. I've got it. Uh, I got Rangers over Astros, Phillies over Diamondbacks, and I'm already ready to predict Phillies over um, Rangers. And this gets us into something. Well, let's, let's tease this for the next episode, Crowley. You know, I'm sure you're a Cub fan that would agree with me on this, but watching what the Phillies are doing up to this point, wouldn't it be nice to have Harper, Schwarber, and Castellanos playing at Clark and Addison? Absolutely, and it didn't even have to be those guys, but just the willingness to spend money to get better. See what could happens? You, right? See I mean, what happens? Right. Mm-hmm. right. You know, that same offseason that you could have gotten Bryce Harper, you could have also gotten Manny Machado. Think right. that would have settled your third base problem? Right. And so that's something we're going to have to talk about next. Let, let's see how this plays out. But, uh, you know, Tom Tom, and Jed can't let uh, Bellinger get out of here unless there's some other wild plan that, that is going to uh, pacify us Cub fans. Absolutely. All right, Crowley, that is a wrap. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow the socials, Facebook, Instagram, of course, on Twitter. Email us, flythew670 at gmail.com. And as you mentioned earlier, Crowley, you can now watch us on YouTube by subscribing to the 670 The Score YouTube channel. It's Even if the Cubs aren't in it, postseason baseball is an absolute joy to watch. 
Um, and, and we're going to keep going. Don't forget to leave those five-star reviews and go Cubs.